This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. I love the pass. So grateful that he could play again after those knee problems and they were big. Second down and eight. Stumbles forward and loses the ball. Bears have it. Khalil Mack. Well, here he comes stumbling around here. No, that ball is out. Khalil Mack puts his shoulder pad directly. Look at that. Arm, shoulder pad on that on the football. Ball is out. That's Chicago's first and goal. And here is Jordan Howard. And he's in for the touchdown. Banking on the running game is Matt Nagy and the Bears. And they creep closer to the Cardinals here in the third. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner. Only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Uh, welcome on in. Those highlights courtesy of Fox TV. Fred Hubner with you. It is Football Night in Chicago. We are out here in Joliet, Anthony's Restaurant and Pub. And I'll tell you, this is what a couple of wins and first place in the division does for you. I know it's early in the season. This place is packed. Lots of people out out here watching uh, football, getting ready for some Monday night action. We're going to be here until 8 o'clock. Uh, 7 o'clock, Trey Burton, uh, the tight end for the uh, Chicago Bears, will join us right here. You can jump on the phone lines, 312-332-3776. We're presented by Miller Lite. Get some tickets to give away for the people that are out here. You f- sign up, you have a chance to win some tickets for the upcoming uh, Bears game. How's this? You know, I've been hearing all day long, first place Chicago Bears. Now, I don't want to say there are nine first place teams right now in the NFL. I mean, there are eight divisions. The Bears are first. Granted, the best thing about the Bears being in first place is that they're ahead of the Green Bay Packers. There's really nothing better than being ahead of the Green Bay Packers, is there? Right now, the Bears with a 2-1 and one record after that 16-14 win. And a lot of the talk all day today has been about two things. The Bears defense and Mitchell Trubisky. We'll continue talking about that. We'll hear from Matt Nagy. We'll hear from Trubisky. We'll hear from Khalil Mack. We'll hear from a lot of the participants in yesterday's 16-14 to 14 win. How about Cody Parkey? Three, three field goals yesterday. Now, granted, he missed the first one. A 46-yarder. That was frustrating for me. They spent a lot of money on a kicker, and he can't make a 46-yarder indoors in Arizona. Come on. What's going on? But everything worked out well in the end. He kicked it when they needed. The Bears get the 16-14 win. 3-1-2-3-3-2-3-7-7-6. We talk about that Bears offense. Bears, 4 for 10, scoring touchdowns in the red zone. That's not good. A 40% clip. And four offensive touchdowns on 31 drives this year. That also, not really good. The one thing, and they all know it, Nagy knows it, Trubisky knows it, everybody in the offense knows it, they need to get touchdowns, not field goals. That's the point. Now, granted, yesterday they get, they beat a bad Arizona team, 16-14. They get a chance to sit at home and sit wherever they want to. Usually all teams get Tuesdays off. And they get to watch Tampa Bay tonight as they take on Pittsburgh. See what's going to happen with the Bucks when the Bucks come a-calling at Soldier Field a, a noon kickoff on a Sunday. Let's play some sound from yesterday. The Watching the game yesterday, I'm trying to figure out if the defensive player of the week from the week before 
Danny Trevathan, did he just figure he can just step on the field? I'm, I'm the defensive player of the week. Look what I can do. Well, we did see what you can do. You blew two coverages, and it was 14 nothing before a blink of an eye. Trying to figure out exactly what was going on there. Uh, he blew a coverage on a tight end. He blew the coverage on a running back out of the backfield. Like I said, it was 14 nothing before we had a blink of an eye. And Khalil Mack said after the game, they really had to take that momentum back. Just rally the guys together and um, just let them... You gotta, you gotta, you gotta know in those situations that you can't let the offense score any more points. You know what I'm saying? Um, they had momentum early, and uh, we had to take it away from them. Yeah, they did. Uh, the mentality of when uh, the team was down early, Mac talked about it. Work hard, make plays. Uh, we work hard all week, and uh, we see the payoff um, throughout the game. And uh, we were able to step up uh, huge in, in the end, uh, whatever it was, the second half. And so uh, that's what we want to do. We want to be able to be in a position to help uh, the offense and, and finish our games. Yeah, to help the offense. Uh, the defense has been doing a heck of a lot more than that. It's been a long time since the Bears have had a, a defense like this. Probably the last time you had a defense in Chicago this good. Obviously, the time they went to the Super Bowl back in 06 with Erlacher and the rest of those linebackers and what they did. The Bears secondary yesterday racking up three interceptions, five passes defended, playing all kinds of good defense. The defense with six tackles for loss. One apiece from Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith, Prince Mukamara, who went out with a hamstring, but Sherrick McManus came in, played very, very well. Bryce Callahan, also Belil Nichols. Belil Nichols is a guy that not many people know much about. If you watch the video, he actually created one of the sacks against Seattle by pushing the center back into Russell Wilson in uh, the second game of the season. Yesterday, he made a huge tackle. He tackled Edmonds for a three-yard loss, forcing the fourth and five near the end of the game that they threw to the right side, and Callahan came away with the interception. So this Malel Nichols, a guy that really is getting an opportunity to play on that defensive line, and it helps when you've got the tackles. Um, it helps when you have Akeem Hicks. It helps when you have the outside linebackers in Khalil Mack and obviously in Leonard Floyd. Let's hear a little bit from Matt Nagy after yesterday's game talking about the uh, tremendous defensive effort. Turnovers, takeaways, um, and then being able to respond to adver- stopping the run, being able to respond, uh, they, they they had two two big plays, uh, two big pass plays to go up fourteen nothing, and our defense was not used to that. We haven't been giving up those plays uh, early on, and so uh, how were we going to respond as a team and as a unit? And um, so when I say special, uh, our guys and our coaches they feel that right now. They feel that they can be in a different league of their own. Um, but it takes hard work, and it can't be something that you just do for one quarter at a time. And they're, they're at, you know, really since the, uh, the the third and fourth quarter of Green Bay, they've been playing pretty well. Yeah, there's no doubt the defense has been playing very well that uh, fourth quarter against Green Bay. Let's forget about that. They have uh, played well again. A couple of mistakes in the first quarter yesterday, but after that, they were tremendous. They shut down uh, Sam Bradford-led offense so much so that. They actually brought in Josh Rosen for the uh, final series trying to get something done. Surprised me a little bit that Arizona did that, but Arizona was grasping in straws at that point after not being able to move the ball after the first quarter. 3-1-2-3-3-2-3-7-7-6. Lots of things to talk about from the game yesterday. Jordan Howard, 24 carries. You wanted him to get the ball more. He did. 
The problem, only 61 yards. He did score the touchdown, caught two balls for 20 yards, and that's that's a tremendous thing when I watch Bears football is Jordan Howard being able to catch the ball. Jordan Howard is a guy that last year had so many opportunities, and then it got to the point where you couldn't throw him the ball anymore. He's able to catch the ball. Trubisky's able to find him on those swing routes, and it works. Uh, as for Tariq Cohen, five rushes, 53 yards, but he had an 18-yarder, almost got him into the end zone. He was stopped short. That was right before Howard went in for the touchdown, the only one for the Bears. Cohen also three catches for 15 yards. The uh, guy that's going to join us here in about an hour, Trey Burton, he had four catches for 55. But I mentioned earlier about Sherrick McManus. I want to make sure I, I, I give him credit for those people who you, you only see Sherrick McManus usually as a guy that goes down and makes the tackle on the special teams. And if you were watching the game yesterday, he made a tremendous tackle because Pat O'Donnell had a monster kick, a monster punt. And who was the first guy down there? Who was the guy making the tackle which prevented any kind of run back? That was Sherrick McManus. McManus then had to come in and play some defense because Prince of Mukamara went down. He came up with an interception. He came up with a sack to end the game. Really good play from Sherrick McManus. He didn't have a lot of plays on the defensive side, but when he did, he did the work that was necessary. More from... um, the head coach, Matt Nagy, as he finds himself 2-1. and one. Let's do a couple things. Let's do first how he talks about how he is still growing as a play caller. I'm growing right now with decision-making, right? So, you know, this isn't just about our offense or just about uh, 10. This is about me growing, too. So we get to see situations. Do you go for it? You're at the one-yard line, you know. Um, do you kick the field goal? Do you get the points? Um, so we kind of went back and forth there, and so these are all situations for me. I, I'm I'm learning as I go, and it's make it's it, it's going to make me better, um, and I'm okay with that. So we ended up taking points. Uh, we called a timeout one time, uh, um, and then they took a timeout, and we ended up changing our mind. We kicked a field goal, took the points, and then at the end there on the fourth and one, um, we just wanted to make sure that we we had the right. We we wanted to make sure we were doing the right thing as far as kicking the field goal. The one amazing thing about Matt Nagy is that he's unbelievably honest, at least as much as he can be. And to stand up there and say that he's still growing as a play caller, that's pretty honest. And there were some questionable calls, timeouts, when you figured, why are they calling a timeout here? Now, in a closer game, I don't know how much closer you could have got at 16-14, but in a game where you need those timeouts at the end, he could have lost them, but he didn't need the timeouts when necessary. So, uh, as it turns out, Matt Nagy... He's calling an interesting game. There was a series where they had seven plays and there were six passes, only one run. I was trying to figure out, okay, you have Howard, you have Cohen, and you have a quarterback who's still trying to find himself. Why not call a few more running plays? They didn't do it. Surprised me a little bit. It was in the third, let's see, third or fourth quarter, as I go back to my chart. Uh, it was in the third quarter. They have a first and ten at the 44 uh, Trubisky scrambles, then he misses uh, the only pass he threw. He misses uh, Robinson. Then it was a penalty. Penalties played a huge part in this game. Um, on third down, then the a quick pass over to Howard for 13 yards. Howard a three-yard gain. So there were some good things. Massey with a false start. There were a couple of mistakes on that offensive line. Cush for the second week in a row had a couple of penalties called. They also had a couple of penalties for illegal formation. And this is something that Nagy's going to have to work on with the Bears 
and he has mentioned it numerous times. Not only is it number 10, Mitchell Trubisky, who's learning how to be a quarterback in this league, but the rest of the 10 guys in the offense are also learning how this offense runs. And uh, there are some situations where Nagy makes a play call and maybe they are questioning it or not getting in the right spots. And yesterday, a couple times, when you get called for an illegal formation, that's got to change, that's got to stop. But then again, enjoy yourself. Right now, the Bears are 2-1. and one. What are the questions I have for you? Jump on in, 312-332-3776. Before the season, people were saying, well, this team may be 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, New offense, new head coach, and then certain people... David Kaplan, the mornings on ESPN 1000, said nine and seven. Okay, now two and one atop the division, and I'm hearing still complaints about the quarterback. This guy's not going to be able to do it. Well, have your expectations for what this team's going to do this year changed after you've seen them for the first three games? And has the main reason it's changed been either the defense or Khalil Mack? There's no doubt Khalil Mack, what he does is amazing. Five tackles, two sacks yesterday, a forced fumble. He does it again. The defense stepping up by the pressure on the quarterback. The secondary is able to do things. Eddie Jackson with a really nice game yesterday. He had one of the interceptions. Bryce Callahan's a guy who's been playing his tail off. Nice to see him get out there. I can't. Uh, Prince Mukamara went down. Who knows if he'll be ready for this week. He had a hamstring injury that had him leave the field yesterday. And the Anthony Miller injury is one that could could hurt this offense a little bit because one thing Anthony Miller did was get the ball and actually be able to, one, get open, and two, make some things happen after he catches the ball. So we'll see how those things go. Now, earlier today up at Hallis Hall, Matt, Matt Nagy had a chance to actually go and review the tape, review the video, and he talked a lot about is Mitch's head maybe a little bit too full of all the things they need to do in this offense? I think that um, it's, it's probably getting close, and that's not it's not fair to him if it gets that. Remember what I told you before is like there's that balance of knowing kind of what he can and can't handle, and so not just him now too. Now we have these other we have ten other guys on this offense that this is their first time learning it, so they need to be able to go through these these uh, these routes and these plays for the first time as well. So. Um, when you feel like it's getting close to that, that breaking point or, or, or too much, you got to pull back. And so um, I feel like we've done a pretty good job so far with that, and we'll just continue to monitor that and see where he's at. We'll talk to him. We'll get feedback from him along with the other guys. And then, and then uh, try to figure out the why part, you know, why, why aren't we where we want to be. So there's some common sense to it of knowing that it's going to take a little time, but then there's also some – you know, hey, it's we gotta let's start let's start doing the little things the right way and the details and and let's make sure that we as coaches are putting these players in the best position possible. Yeah, that would be a good thing. You want to make sure Mitch has. Uh, there's times where you see him sometimes second guessing himself. Maybe that's one of the reasons for happy feet in uh, the pocket. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Have your expectations changed now that the Bears are off to a two and one start? Are you expecting more from this team? Will you be disappointed? And you probably were not thinking a playoff team. Well, when you're two and one, and the Bears have a tough schedule. You got the Patriots coming in; they didn't look too good last night. You do have the Rams coming in. You do have a tough schedule. You get the Packers again. You get the Vikings. No, no doubt, be able to figure out what they did wrong. 
spot, has your expectations changed? If you've been waiting all day to talk some Bears, 312-332-3776. We're going to take a quick break at the bottom of the hour, talk a little bit of baseball. Jesse Rogers will join us from Wrigley Field. The magic number for the Cubs is 5 as they are trying to win the division once again. they got to open up a four-game series with the Pirates. We'll talk some Cubs baseball bottom of the hour. But other than that, it's all Bears here on Football Night in Chicago. 312-332-3776. Again, Trey Burton of the Bears. Their tight end will join us around 7 o'clock. Now, there's a cut here on my screen, which I have not heard yet. And I've been... I was on Twitter yesterday... Sure, I'm not a Mitchie apologist, okay? But when the game got underway, the very first drive the Bears had, they drive the ball downfield. Now, the plays are scripted, first 15 plays scripted, and I'm looking here, and the Bears are moving the ball. First and 10 at the 25, they get downfield, they get a first down right off the bat, they get another first down, Cohen, uh, right end, goes out of bounds, 21-yard gain, things are going well. They get a couple more first downs. Anthony Miller with a nice catch. And then it is third and six at the Arizona 13. They've used up clock. The previous two games, they've marched downfield and been able to score. Okay. Trubisky takes the snap, drops back. There's a rush. Not from one side, a blitz, but both sides. Both sides are blitzing linebackers that are not touched. Trubisky drops back, continues to go back and get sacked for a 15-yard loss. I was saying, I didn't know what else Trubisky was going to do. Where is he going to go? You throw the ball, you get intentional grounding, you're going to get a penalty, right? Cody Parkey ends up missing a 46-yarder. That wasn't good. Earlier today, they asked Matt Nagy about that. Let's listen. This is what he talked about on the third down sack of Mitchell Trubisky in the first drive. So in, in our offense, um, you know, we, have, we do have several hops that are built into our plays, and so... Uh, in, in that instance right there, um, you're not always going to. When you, when you play good defenses, right, which is that was a good defense we faced, especially one that's aggressive that likes to blitz, they can trick you. And so if you only have five in protection and you scat release your back, if you're not right, you're hot. And, and so in that particular case, we were hot, and, uh, and they got us, you know. Um, they, they got us with the, with the, the defense, and... Um, and so that's one right there. You go back to the sideline, you figure out why you were hot, and, and then um, you, you want to fix that and try to get it protection-wise. But if you don't, then we got to make the throw on the play. If you go back and watch it, I know there are people out there that videotape the game. Videotape. You tell how old I am, right? You DVR the game, and you go back and look. I, I just didn't know exactly what he was going to do. Now, I put it out on Twitter when it happened. A lot of people said, you know what, he could have just fell down. It would have been better than taking a 15-yard loss, continuing to drop back when he saw he had nowhere to go. Uh, other quarterbacks would do that. Maybe other more experienced quarterbacks would do that. He didn't. For some reason, he continued to drop back, took the 15-yard loss. I didn't think that was all on him. And um, some people said, I know Yurko said earlier today, he says you got a hot receiver when there's a blitz like that, you throw to where the blitz is coming from. It came from both sides. Now, there'll be people that know a lot more about football than me out there saying, He's got to be able to get rid of the ball. He's got to be able to throw it to someone. The last thing Mitch wants to do is throw the ball and not know where it's going. He doesn't want to turn the ball over. That's been a thing he always wants to make sure it does not happen. So I wasn't. I didn't have a problem with the sack because I figured, okay, they're still in field goal range. But then Cody Parkey misses his first of the year, misses a 46-yarder. He was wide right, 
that wasn't good. So the Bears come up and don't score any points. That was a little frustrating to see. But, again, I didn't know what else Mitch could do. You want to jump in and talk about that? 312-332-3776. Because of the blitz, and talk about Matt Nagy being a play caller who's still learning, he learned and showed real well. Because there was also a situation in the game. And you remember the, the, the play I was just talking about, the blitz from both sides. You saw that they were uh, coming after Mitch. Well, there was a little bit, a, a time a little bit later in the game, and you knew it was time that they were going to blitz. And what did they do? They put in Cunningham. Cunningham in the backfield, he hadn't played a snap in the first two games on offense. He played seven yesterday, and he had a clutch nine-yard catch and run on a screen on third down. It was third down. Nagy anticipated the blitz coming from Arizona as they had blitzed earlier on their third down. What's he do? He brings in Cunningham. They run the screen, and they run a nice little play and get the uh, first down. Really nice adjustment, I thought, by um, Matt Nagy. Also a nice pass by Mitchell Trubisky. He was able to, d- to dump it off, something he was unable to do on the interception, the ball that got tipped up in the air and then got intercepted. So we'll talk a lot of Bears. We are here all the way until 8 o'clock, leading you up to Jay Hood. Hood's got a lot of stuff to get into, as always. A couple other notes I want to make sure I mention about the Bears, and um, we all know how Khalil Mack has helped this defense. They're 2-1, and one, Mack with four sacks, three forced fumbles, all recovered by the Bears, and an interception. John Gruden is looking for a guy to put pressure on the quarterback. John Gruden's Raiders have three sacks amongst all of them. One forced fumble, not recovered by Oakland, and one interception. So you have to look up and try to figure out. We don't need to know why. All we need to know is that the Bears were able to make that move and get a guy like Khalil Mack. Let's grab one call before we take a break. Let's go to Oswego and David. David, you're on ESPN 1000. What's going on? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. What's up? Uh, I just feel like until Trubisky starts hitting a deep a deep ball with some accuracy, he's not going to go eight, more than 8-8. Eight and eight. What do you think? Well, 8-8 eight and eight is something that before the season probably everybody would have thought was okay. He did throw a nice ball on a crossing route to Trey Burton, who's going to be here a little bit later on. I thought that was nice. I thought that was an improvement. Now, when you say deep balls, okay, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, they're going to drop back and throw the ball 30, 40 yards. You don't complete a whole heck of a lot of those. Now, some of the play, some of the teams do. Matt Ryan had a nice game yesterday. But when I'm thinking of balls that have to be completed in order to open up the running game, I'm thinking about the 15-yard uh, slants, the 15-yard out routes. Mitch has to be better at that. Now, for those people listening, you might think I'm standing up for Mitch. Okay, I want to give him a chance. He's a second-year quarterback in a new offense in just his third game. The thing I want to see is I want to see his accuracy improve. And I know he's not been accurate. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say he has been. It's easy. You watch him. He's been overthrowing people. He's been underthrowing some deep balls. He had a couple of really nice passes yesterday. He's got to be accurate. That's the one thing you need your quarterback to be as accurate. And I think... Once he gets some of this stuff out of his head, once he knows the offense a little bit better, once he trusts his arm and trusts his players to be where they need to be, 
I think better things are going to happen for the Bears. Callers, hang in there. We'll talk a little bit of baseball with Jesse. We come back and then right back to your phone calls. 312-332-3776. It's football night in Chicago. We are live out here at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub in Joliet. We're right here near the Lewis Joliet Mall. You turn in and you'll find us. Trey Burton, the Bears tight end, will join us around 7 o'clock. Fred Hubner with you. 312-332-3776 right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lights Football Night in Chicago on Chicago's number one football station, ESPN 1000. Back in, Fred Hubner with you. We are out here at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub in Joliet. Come on by. We'll be here until 8 o'clock. And then Jay Hood takes over from 8 till 10 back in the studios. Football Night in Chicago presented by Miller Lite. Trey Burton, the tight end for the Chicago Bears, going to join me in the 7 o'clock hour. But before we go any further, did, you know, we'd love to talk. We'd love to talk football the whole show. That darn baseball gets in the way. And when we talk baseball, especially at this time of year, for the last four years, it's been Cub baseball. Our guy Jesse Rogers out of Wrigley Field, the big series getting underway with the Pirates in town. Jesse, how are you? I'm good, Fred. And I just kicked out the GM of the Pirates, so we can't take too long here. I'm up in the. Uh, uh, up near the press box in the GM suite. I didn't realize he was sitting here tonight. So uh, Neil Huntington was nice enough to let me uh, come on the radio with you in, in a quiet space like his own. So I have to thank him for that, and uh, we'll, we'll let him back in after we're done. Now, uh, Cole Hamels was, has been really good since coming over to the Cubs. Last couple outings, not so much. Is this a big outing for him today? I don't know if it's a big one, but I do want to see him a little bit sharper, yes. I mean, Hendricks is playoff ready. Lester's kind of getting there, and certainly Hamels was a month ago. Um, but I don't disagree. It's a little dip the last couple starts, so I don't think he has to have a big one, but just a little sharper. Don't give up the long ball, that kind of thing. He, he gave up back-to-back home runs last start. That's something you would have never seen a month ago from him. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it, that kind of thing. You don't want him trending the other way when, we, when we're getting this close to October. You want him trending in the right way. So, yes, let's keep an eye, but I wouldn't call it a big start. When the year got underway, the last thing the Cubs expected was to be in this situation, entering the final week of the season, still needing some wins in order to get into the postseason. Um, with Despite all the injuries and all that stuff, I mean, how impressive do you think this has been? You've had guys step up all year long. The pitching staff has stepped up. The bullpen has been good. Now there's no closer. It's been interesting how all 25 guys, heck, probably 30 guys, have been a key role in this team. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I, I just think that the best quality of this team is they have not let a negative stretch turn into something awful, right? They, they, they haven't lost more than five in a row, and that was a long time ago. They basically just gobbled up series. You know, they haven't won seven or nine, ten in a row either. It's just been two out of three, three out of four, eight out of ten, eight out of eleven, whatever it is. So I, I feel like the, the uh, consistency in terms of when even things aren't going well They've been able to gobble up wins, and I think that that goes to the experience, right, and the fact that they've been together this long, especially the position players. They've won games without offense. They've won games without starting pitching. Their bullpen's been pretty steady, so I think there's a few unique qualities about this team that are different than the last few playoff teams, and one of them is they haven't allowed negative moments to really derail their season, and I think that's been uh, an impressive trait about this particular team. 
Another minute or two with Jesse Rogers. Cubs getting ready for the four-game series to kick off with the Pirates and the Cubs. Jamison Tyon going against Cole Hamels. Uh, tomorrow, Mike Montgomery, his last start of the year, you would think, and uh, then it's to the bullpen for him as the postseason rolls around? Well, it's a good question. I mean, they haven't announced anything. Now, if Sunday is needed, he'll start that game um, unless they change something. I don't think they would pitch someone on short rest. We would assume Sunday won't be needed to get into the playoffs. So, at that point, I, I doubt uh, he would pitch Sunday in a seven-inning capacity. He might start Sunday's game and pitch two or three and then come out. Um, but I, I'm assuming he's going to go to the bullpen in, in one way or another, whether he starts Sunday or not, because that would be his final turn. So let's just see how this plays out. Once they clinch, they can rearrange everything they need to, because from Sunday to Thursday, obviously everybody can get full rest. But, yes, the assumption is he's folded into the bullpen. Uh, is there just something in the air right this time of year that uh, Kyle Schwarber all, all of a sudden kicks in? I mean, the ball he hit off Rodon yesterday, the home run was unbelievable, and then the one off the wall. This is a perfect time for him to get hot, especially for this team. Yeah, and if he can hit lefties even a little bit, that really gives the opposition something to think about in the playoffs. No longer is necessarily hater on Schwarber three pitches and out, you know. Um, now, it was only one home run, one double, and we're, not, we're talking about Rodon, not Hayter, but you know what I'm saying. I talked to Hendricks about this yesterday after the game. If he can put something on tape for the opposition for next week that, that hasn't been there all year, damage against the lefty, that, that can change the strategy of a pitcher and a team. So let's see him get hot against everybody, starting with righties, but if he can do some damage against lefties, that changes the dynamic a little bit for Joe Madden. But uh, it's not just getting hot. It's, it's getting on base with walks, singles, homers. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than just slugging the ball for him. His game is at his best when he's taking his walk, and he did that over the weekend, three walks in the, in the two games Saturday and Sunday after sort of a bad game on Friday for him. Okay, one last thing for you. I know you've hung around Joe Madden enough. You wrote a book about him. You wrote a book with him, and all of a sudden, I want to know the playoffs are starting. Cubs are in the postseason. Who are your, what's your pitching rotation look like? You know, I'm not going to overthink this. I've had people ask me, does Quintana move up to number one because of his success against Milwaukee? Does he move ahead of Hendricks for the same reason and you put Hendricks forward? Of course not. Um, For my money, it's still Lester, it's still Hamels, it's still Hendricks, and it's Quintana. Could you flip Hamels and Hendricks? Yes. If you want one guy at home and another guy on the road, yes. But for my money, Lester's my opening day guy. I think they're setting it up that way, opening game guy. Um, and then, you know, if they'd rather have Hamels at Wrigley and Hendricks in, in Milwaukee or wherever, then you do that. But that's my view. One, then Hamels, uh, Hendricks 2-3 three, or 3-2, three, whatever, and then Katana is still my number four. I don't overthink it too much. Yeah, I'd love to see Hendricks move up to number two and then have, you know, lefty, lefty, righty, lefty to start. But we'll see. We'll see what Joe you does. You could do that. Yeah. You could do that. Here's the thing. If they're down 2-0, like some people are like, oh, put Quintana number three because of what he does against Milwaukee. If they're down 2-0 and Hendricks hasn't pitched or Hamels hasn't pitched and you're going to go to to bat with just Quintana, you know, save your season, and, and one of those other two doesn't get to pitch at all, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it. You cannot have your season go down without Hamels or Hendricks pitching in a playoff game. So Quintana's my number four no matter what. Jesse, give the Pirates GM his box back, okay? 
I'm going to. Thanks, Brad. Talk to you later. Jesse Rogers out of the ballpark. No doubt he will be jumping on with Jay Hood later on tonight. Jay Hood taking over 8 o'clock back in the ESPN State Street Studios. Fred Hubner with you. It's football night in Chicago. The rest of the show until 8 o'clock. We're at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub here in Joliet, presented by Miller Lite. 312-332-3776. I know there were a couple of callers who jumped on. We're, we're not talking any more baseball. Not any more baseball. If Jay Hood wants to talk baseball at 8 o'clock, that's up to him. But we will not talk any more baseball the rest of this show. Football night in Chicago. Let's hear a little bit more from Matt Nagy earlier today and obviously a lot of the questions coming from the media about Mitchell Trubisky and what he's been doing and what he's not been doing and basically Nagy said, well yeah the shots downfield need to be taken I thought Mitch um, for, so we took some shots yesterday and I like his mentality of being able to go downfield and there was a couple in there where he was he had the aggressive mindset of, of uh even regardless of how far off they were, he still took an opportunity to go deep, and, and we liked that. So uh, we didn't hit on any of them, uh, just the one down the sideline to, to, to Allen, but there was a few others we didn't hit on, but I think it's that's, that's for us, that's a good thing that we did that. Uh, there's a few times uh, in the red zone where they got us with some, with some pressure, um, but again, that's... That's just uh, for, for us. That'll be good for him to see. That'll be good for us as coaches to see uh, where we're at. And, and um, But there was, some, there was a few throws that he made in there with conviction that I say to myself, that's what, that's, that right there is what we're about to get to. Now, Nagy will continue to say throughout. Now, obviously, he is his quarterback. He is the quarterback for the Bears. I've been trying to explain to people. People are getting upset. People are saying, oh, well, they should have drafted Mahomes. They should have drafted Deshaun Watson. I just want you to know that they didn't do that, okay? So Mitchell Trubisky is your quarterback. So you can complain and moan and gripe all you want. Your quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky. If it doesn't work out, that's on Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace moved up to get his guy. It's Mitchell Trubisky. So you should hope that Mitchell Trubisky figures it out. You should hope that Mitchell Trubisky develops under Matt Nagy. I think you've got to give him an opportunity. You have to give him a chance. And I, anybody that's listened to me before, you know, I, I do this. I say this a lot. I compare quarterbacks to pitchers in baseball. A couple of years ago, when the White Sox called up Carlos Rodon too early, sorry, Rickon. Um, they were all people were all over. They said this kid Rodon's no good. He can't pitch. What they do? You can probably say the same about Carson Fulmer. Sox took Fulmer with the eighth pick in the draft. Uh, Walker Bueller, his pitching mate at Vanderbilt, was there. He went twenty-four to the Dodgers. He's what see what he's doing now after being in the minors a little bit longer and learning how to pitch. But quarterbacks are the same way. It takes quarterbacks a while. Deshaun Watson's not having a great start this year. Um, there's a lot of you know quarterbacks throw interceptions. It happens. Quarterbacks make overthrows. Quarterbacks underthrow people. That happens. Mitch is learning an offense. He's in his third game he's played in this offense. And, again, people say, well, he played all last year. Yeah, last year they told him to do two things. Don't turn the ball over and try to win us some games. Stay healthy because we don't want to have to go back. We don't have to go back to uh, Mike Lennon. And so everything he's learning this year, everything they're doing is new. Give him an opportunity. And I think probably half the fans are like that. The other half, you're geeked up. I understand that. It's a great defense. We'll talk more about the defense when we come back. You want to see Trubisky do what 
Mahomes has done. Okay, 13 touchdowns in three games, pretty darn amazing, okay? Um, some people will say you want to see him do what Breeze and Ryan do. They've been there for a while. They've been in the league for a while. Even Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a whole year in this offense, the offense he's running now. So we come back. We'll talk more about the Bears, more about their defense. I promise we'll get to your calls, 312-332-3776. Fred Huebner with you. It's Football Night in Chicago. Come on out. We're at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub in Joliet, presented by Miller Lite here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Hubner, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Well, the Bears are that much away from going 2-1 and one for the first time in four years. Find a way to win, and that's what you could say the Bears did today if this doesn't work. Rosen under pressure, goes down, and the game is over. And the Cardinals drop to 0-3, first time since 2005, and the Bears survive. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Hubner, only on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. Uh, welcome back in. Highlights courtesy of Fox. The uh, Chicago Bears, a 16-14 win over the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, we are talking about it here, football night in uh, Chicago, discussing it throughout the course of uh, the evening, hoping to uh, talk with uh, Bears tight end Trey Burton in just a little bit here on ESPN 1000. One thing I wanted to get to, uh, Dan Graziano, ESPN staff writer, talked uh, did an article today, he says, let's overreact to week three in the NFL. And he says, if you had the Vikings and Jaguars in the Super Bowl, Sunday threw a wet blanket on that. If you had Sam Darnold as the best quarterback in this year's draft, Thursday and Sunday, uh, hit you with like a Lee Corso style, not so fast, my friend. But he, one of the things he lists here, before he talks about overreaction, is he's got the Bears are favorites to win the NFC North. He says, Sunday's victory over the Cardinals gave the Bears sole possession of first place. Half game ahead of preseason favorites, Minnesota and Green Bay. But for Aaron Rodgers' miracle comeback against them in week one, the Bears would be 3-0. and Well, think about it. Really, they'd be 3-0 and if, if, if Kyle Fuller can catch the ball. Uh, Graziano said, this is not an overreaction. If you asked me for a pick right now, I'd still go with the Vikings, he says, though I had no idea what the heck happened to them on Sunday. But the Bears absolutely deserve to be considered a contender. Their defense was already underrated. The addition of Khalil Mack may may have made it one of the best in the league. Matt Nagy will continue to develop Mitchell Trubisky while designing plays to take advantage of the offense's strengths. The Bears are going to be a tough out. So that's uh, not an overreaction, according to uh, Dan Graziano. We come back. We will have a chance to talk with Bears tight end Trey Burton right here. It is football night in Chicago. We're at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub in Joliet, presented by Miller Lite here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's football night in Chicago with Fred Eubner, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Hand off to Cohen, Tariq Cohen inside the 10, the 5, and he gets bound to about the one-yard line. Trey Boston prevented Cohen from getting in for the touchdown, but the Bears in business with a first and goal at the first and goal. And here is Jordan Howard, and he's in for the touchdown. Banking on the running game is Matt Nagy. 
and the Bears, and they creep closer to the Cardinals here in the third. This is Miller Lights Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Oh, highlights courtesy of Fox, and yes, they were highlights. The Bears coming away with a 16-14 win over the Arizona Cardinals yesterday to improve to 2-1. Welcome on in. It's football night in Chicago here on ESPN 1000. We are live at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub in Joliet, presented by Miller Lite and all the hooting and hollering. No, it's it's not because I'm here for a second hour. It's because I've got Trey Burton, the uh, tight end for the Chicago Bears, with me right here. Trey, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. See what happens after a couple of wins. I mean, people are people are excited about Bears football. Let's keep it going. Yeah, that'd be a, a wonderful thing. Last year, I did a bunch of these with uh, with your guy, Daniel Brown, the tight end. Yeah, yeah and great were, guy. Yeah, there were numerous times where you know things weren't going so well. Daniel and I were talking, chit chatting. About seven or eight people are around. Yeah, it was tough last year. This year, it's uh, you know you get off to a nice start. It could be three and zero. Oh, you're two yeah. and one. In first place atop the division, it's got to be fun. Should be 3 0, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we guys got to keep it rolling. It's early on in the season, and we got a lot more to play. Yeah, and uh, somebody with a lot of people here with autographs are getting them during the commercial break and things like this. The one guy that came up here, I think he might be the only guy, everyone else is welcome to Chicago. He said, Congratulations on the Super Bowl. And that jumped out to me. What's that, what's that feel like for a guy that played football your life, your whole life? You, you get a chance, you go to the Super Bowl, you make the play that you did, and you guys end up winning. What's that got to be like? Yeah, I mean, it's just something you dream of uh, ever since a little kid. You reach the pinnacle of your profession, and uh, just really cool. You know, something that will never be, I'll, I'll always have that for the rest of my life. Where do you keep the ring? Uh, it's at my house. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have it because I, I wear it often. And my kids like to see it and play around and all that type of stuff, so I have it with me. Sure. I mean, why not? I mean, you, you play for it. They always say the ring is a thing, and, and, and it's interesting because everything's about money a lot of times in professional sports, but when it gets down to it, the guys who play the game, it's all about winning that title, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's why we play for the most part. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The Bears getting the big win yesterday, 16-14. Yesterday, Trey Burton, four catches, 55 yards, and a lot of people throughout the course of the day, a lot of people for the first couple of weeks, maybe they didn't expect a lot from the Chicago Bears. They weren't so sure with Matt Nagy, a new guy, Mitchell Trubisky, a new offense. And now they're two and one. People are still all of a sudden. People want Mitch to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. It's a, it's a process. It's something that Matt Nagy keeps saying. It's a process not only for him but also for every all you guys. This is a new offense for all of you guys, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not for me because I came from Philly and we right. ran really similar offense. But for the most part, I would say you know almost everybody else it's brand new for them. And I mean, it just takes time, you know, to gel and, and get on the same page. I was going to ask you about that. The comparisons between this and Doug Peterson's offense. Very similar. Are you know, they? Maybe the verbiage might be a little different, but for the most part, we've run a lot of the, a lot of similar concepts. Is that difficult when you know all these plays under yeah. something, a different word, Extremely different diff- phrases? Yeah, because it will be like one small thing which will change everything, mm-hmm. and you think of it the old way, and yeah, it definitely can get confusing, but uh, you know, you just got to lock in. One one thing that a lot of people, we got a couple of guys at our station, uh, Tom Waddle, an undrafted player, Yurko was drafted, uh, but... And as an undrafted guy, you come into the league undrafted. When you first got to the league, you're an undrafted player. What are your thoughts? What do you, you know, just put me anywhere? Because I know the special teams were something you got in, you were good at, involved in early, and then you kind of made your name there. Yeah, I think 
probably one of the biggest things that helped me in my career, especially early on, was uh, the special teams coordinator in Philadelphia. I walk up to his office during training camp, and we have a sit-down, and he, he has the depth chart of you know where, where everybody is at on the right. team. And I look at the depth chart, and I'm the sixth tight end. And uh, he like sees it, I'm looking at it, and he says, hey. And I look at him, and he goes, do you think you'll play any offense this year? And I, I looked at the board again, and I'm like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know how the NFL works, you know, because sure. I have never played. And uh, I said, I don't know. And he said, you'll never play offense this year. There's okay. no shot. The only way of making this team is on special teams. And so from that day forward, it kind of changed my mindset to, man, this is the only way I'm going to make the team, so I'm going all in on special teams, and that's kind of what I did. The, the special teams in the, in, in the pros, obviously, did you play special teams in college at yeah, all? I did, a little bit. Punt. Punt's the most important out of all of them. And so uh, in, in college, they had a lot of the starters play punt. Okay. Because uh, I'm looking at it, and it's funny. I talked to a lot of the tight ends. It's weird. For like three years in a row, we've been talking to tight ends. I talked to Zach Miller a lot a couple of years ago, Daniel Brown last year, yourself now. And you guys were all quarterbacks in high school. Yeah. Uh, is it a thing that quarterbacks in high school, if, you, if you, you can't go further? I mean, when you were in high school, were your dreams of getting to the NFL as a quarterback? I was just trying to get in, however, honestly, bro. That's that's the reason why I changed, because I knew I didn't have my, my best chance was not at quarterback. It was, you know, playing what I kind of do now. And uh, but I, I would say there is a, a pretty good transition in the sense of uh, the, the the plays. You know, you have to, uh, from a tight end, you have to know the, the run calls and right. you have to know the pass game. You have to know everything, you know, just kind of like a quarterback does. And so it kind of translates, you know, from in that sense. So I, I mean, so the throw the other, so the throw in uh, the Super Bowl was yeah. no big deal for you. Not really, no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put too much pressure on myself. It's funny how I mean, if you were watching the Jets and the Browns game last week, they yeah. pretty much ran the similar play just the other way yeah. because Jarvis Landry's left-handed. Yeah. So they ran the same thing. A couple guys have won- have ran the same play since then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, it's interesting, and and also there have been other players, and it, and I know you guys have run it before, but the you know. The, the shovel pass yep. that, that you got earlier this year. A lot of teams run that. I've also seen teams screw it up, which makes me feel better because you guys ran it to perfection when you ran it. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think of it. It's a front side run when you're reading the defense, and if the defense plays the front side run, back side is the, the shovel pass. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, you don't really, defense doesn't really look at that. They're looking at the run, looking at where the ball is, and then sure. you hit them with the shovel pass, and it's touchdown. Uh, going into Arizona yesterday, I mean, I know you guys, each and every game, you're expecting, you're expecting to get a win. How tough was it yesterday? You fall behind early, 14-0. This was a defense. I mean, the Bears' defense has gotten tons of praise, and deservedly so. Yesterday, Arizona comes out and hits you with two touchdowns in the first quarter. The hardest, hardest time to beat a team is when their backs are against the wall. And so, I mean, you talk about a game, game six or a game five in, mm-hmm. in the NBA or, you know, even in baseball. Like, it's tough to close these teams out. And that's kind of what Arizona was, where where they were at, you know, right. going into the game. They were 0-2 um, in a really tough division in the, in the West, and um, and so we knew that they were going to put their best foot forward, and they did. You know, they hit us in the mouth first, and um, but it kind of shows, you know, how we've been growing as a team. You know, we, if this was week one, we might not have won, might sure. not have won the game, you know, but we've already experienced, you know, that heartbreaking loss week one, and so hopefully we don't ever have to experience it again the rest of the year. But um, we're just going to continue to grow, you know, little by little. A Bears 10 a tight end, a Trey Burton joining me here on ESPN 1000. Fred Hubner with you. It is Football Night in Chicago presented by Miller Lite. We are live here at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub. The Bears find themselves 2-1 and one atop the division. Uh, a lot of a lot of people here in Chicago excited that the Bears are in first place. I know for you, coming from a team that won the Super Bowl, I don't know. 
first place is always good, but when there's eight divisions, there's really nine teams right now in first place. How do you guys look at it as a team? Just I know so many times fans hear players say, well, it's just another game. It's one game forward. we got to go forward to the next one. Do you guys look at it and say, hey, we're atop the division? Do you even think that way? Can you afford to think that way? I, I don't. I mean, two years ago in Philly, we were uh, three same same situation, three and one, went to the bye week, and then lost seven out of nine. Sure. And so it's it's it really is a week by. I know like coaches and everybody says, you know, it's just another game, but it really is week by week by week because you don't know. You know, you don't know what you're going to get, you know, going into the next week and stuff. Right, absolutely. You've got Tampa coming up. Are there guys sitting around just watching this Tampa game today? I know it's tough for you guys because you get to watch the, you know, the all-22s and the coaches tape and stuff like this, but can you learn anything from watching a game on TV? It's it's tough for me right now sitting right across from you. <laughs> we're at the left corner of my eye. The sure. game is about to be on. But, yeah, we're watching at all times. What what are the things you look for as a tight end? What are the things you look for? How they how they play other tight ends? Yeah, in a way. I mean, when you hear the audio on the television version of the game, right. you hear some things, you know, so you can kind of pick up on that. And uh, Yeah, but you don't, you don't get to see everything compared to what we watch, you know, back at the, at the facility because you get to – at the facility we see the side and we see behind. Sure. Whereas in, on TV you only get to see one angle. Um, so we get to see a lot more back at the facility. Um you look at it, I mentioned uh, special teams and how important they are and how you came up as a special team guy. Um, there was a play yesterday which, if you watch the game closely, Bears fans probably, most Bears fans do, the play by Sherrick McManus on the punt. Unbelievable. I mean, because at first, you know, sometimes you want your putter to kick the ball far, but there is such a thing as out, you know, out kicking your coverage. Yeah. And it looked for a minute there that that might have been the problem. And Sherrick McManus comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Him and him and Bellamy. Uh, Bellamy's on the other side. Those, both those guys are problems, and they do a great job, you know, with um, what they're asked to do, and they play at a really, really high level. And it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. And then when McManus had, you know, had to get thrown in there playing defense and things he yeah. obviously would love to do, yeah. he comes in, he gets an interception, he gets a sack at the end of the game. Great things happen for a guy that hustles, a guy that works hard. He's a great player, man. He's definitely fun to be around, and uh, he can teach you know these young guys a lot. Yeah, I'm sure he can. Um, one of the things I was going to hesitate to bring up, but it's it's obviously a highlight for you. You remember your first touchdown in the NFL? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and that was that was against the Bears, right down the street. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it was uh, it wasn't a shovel pass. It was a quick screen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like quick screen, and you had blockers in front of you, or just yeah, it was a, it was like a it, we brought like our heavy personnel in, so everybody was in really tight, and I motioned down, motioned back out, just a one, quick one step screen, and we we're probably on the two, one or two yard line, I think. Yeah, so uh, the the poll you caught yesterday, and, and, and people that were watching the game again, I mentioned earlier, and it, a lot of people have been talking about Mitchell Trubisky and things he could do, things he can't do. When they do bring up Mitch yesterday. Probably the best pass we saw him throw was the completion to you. That was that was tremendous. Well, there was another one later on. That was definitely a great ball. But there was another one later on in the game, I want to say in the fourth quarter, where he just threw it with conviction. Like, he had so much confidence in the mm-hmm. ball. And I remember just turning, and I, literally as I turned, I, I had no option but to catch the ball because sure. it hit me, hit me so hard in the chest, you know. And uh, But that was, that was another really good throw as well. What? How, did, how does Mitch control the... the uh, the huddle i mean a lot of people are concerned younger guy he takes control of the offense is he in, is he in charge when the, the you know the play comes in no doubt i mean but it, it really 
all of us have to have some type of ownership in it. You know, we all sure. have to be toned in. We all have to um, listen, you know, and be quiet. As soon as he steps in the huddle, there shouldn't be another word from anybody else. And so we've done a great job with that. We have guys who understand. And it's not easy, you know, calling the plays and no, all the verbiage not. and the length of, you know, all the plays and the formations and the shifts and all that type of stuff. So he does a great job. When you first started, how complicated? When did you first realize you, you get your a playbook and all of a sudden you get? How am I supposed to remember all this? We hear some of these things after they explain them to us, and we hear the the, the quarterback call out what the play is. Are there just certain things you listen in, you're listening for? You know when he says a certain thing, that's what's how it's going to affect you, or do you need to know the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, you need to know the whole thing, but in reality, you can get away with just listening to what you need to listen to. Um, a lot of people, if you listen to the whole thing, you kind of get caught up in what everybody else is supposed to do, and you forget what you're supposed to do, sure. you know. Um, but, I mean, this is year three for me in this offense, so I, I understand, you know, all of it and, you know, can understand shifts and motions and where everybody's supposed to go. So, But it's definitely easier just to listen to what you need to listen to. Um, when, when you line up as, as a tight end, one of the things with you is we've seen you line up on the line, we've seen the line up a little bit further outside in the slot. Have you lined up as a receiver? Yeah. Further out? Yeah. Do, do you have a preference? I mean, I, maybe when there's a bigger guy, you, you know, you probably don't mind lining up outside. Yeah, it just it just depends on the play, honestly. You right. Know, we You try to get rid of tendencies. You try to get rid of, you know, certain things, certain looks, and you try to change things up. And so, um, really, every week we go into certain things where we're going to do stuff a different way or a certain way this game or a certain way that game. And so, um, this really just doesn't matter to me. One of the things that they were talking about today, um, and Matt Nagy, even mentioned that they, he was asked the question if maybe there's a little bit too much getting thrown on to Mitch right now and he said maybe there's a possibility they may have to scale things back does it get to a point sometimes with offenses that maybe there's a lot out there maybe there's too many things and maybe you do scale back oh you definitely could put too much you know on an offense especially I remember going into the Green Bay game we had so much time to prepare for that game you, right you kind of almost wish the weeks were shorter just so that you could just put the basic stuff in and just play ball you know sure. but you could tend, sometimes you can watch too much film you know or you can think too much um and for sure that's definitely real that happens uh, I'll let you listen to this it's uh, Matt Nagy earlier today the question was is Mitch's head just full of stuff I think that um it's, it's probably getting close, and that's not it's not fair to him if it gets that. Remember what I told you before is like there's that balance of knowing kind of what he can and can't handle, and so not just him now too. Now we have these other we have ten other guys on this offense that this is their first time learning it, so they need to be able to go through these these uh, these routes and these plays for the first time as well. So um, when you feel like it's getting close to that that breaking point or, or, or too much, you got to pull back. And so um, I feel like we've done a pretty good job so far with that, and we'll just continue to monitor that and see where he's at. We'll talk to him. We'll get feedback from him along with the other guys. And then, and then uh, try to figure out the why part, you know, why, why aren't we where we want to be? So there's some common sense to it of knowing that it's going to take a little time, but then there's also some, you know, hey, it's we got to let's start, let's start doing the little things the right way and the details and, and let's make sure that we as coaches are putting these players in the best position possible. Well, that was Matt Nagy earlier today, and obviously that's what everybody wants to be. They want your coach to put you in the best position possible to get the victories, and uh, the Chicago Bears get a win the other day. Yesterday, 16-14, a win over Arizona. Here with Trey Burton from the Chicago Bears, football night in Chicago, presented by Miller Lite. Um, 
you look at it, one thing that one thing that Matt Nagy has mentioned, and you as a guy that has played quarterback in the past in high school, it's almost like you have to have no conscience. Uh, maybe worry about your mistakes later, but if you do make a mistake, you can't let that affect what you're, what's coming up. Your next snap, yeah. the next ball, the next series of downs you got to forget. And they say that Mitch does a pretty good job of that. Yeah, for sure. That's something that Mag- uh, Nagy's... Um, emphasized heavily during the offseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. It does matter what you did the last play, but right now, at the, in this current state, like right. you know, we can't really worry about that. We got to move on to the next one. And um, they do a great job on the sideline in the film room, you know, correcting us and um, doing it the right way, which is pretty cool. Speaking of the film room and correcting you, um, I've always wanted the Bears to be on hard knocks. No. <laughs> So you, you wouldn't want that, huh? No one wants hard knocks. No one wants the fifth preseason game. <laughs> oh, well, no one, I, I'm to the point where I don't think anybody should have any preseason yeah, game yeah, at this I'm point. Colleges that. don't play them. No. And if, you know, this is really the first year that so many coaches have held out their players for most of it. Yeah. You, you played more than most people in the preseason, I think. Yeah, maybe. More, 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 more than most for the Bears. Yeah. I mean, you were out there quite a bit. People had a chance to see you. But in colleges, they don't play preseason. They go on out. They, they practice and do everything else. But they have cupcakes, though. Well, some of them do. Yeah. Some do. Some start with yeah. the, the tougher teams. But let me ask you a question because we, I asked the two guys at our station to play football, Johnny Yerkovic and also um, Tom Waddle. Tommy Waddle said that if you didn't have preseason games but you had practices against the other teams like you guys did in Denver before that game, yeah. would those be more beneficial to you than actually playing games? That's interesting. I mean, because in reality, you'll do stuff in practice against Denver that you won't do in the game sure. against Denver. You know what I mean? Just to try things out. Right. And so, yeah, I think that probably would be beneficial for sure. Yeah, and because I know everybody's holding people out. They don't want to get hurt. It's a sport where people get hurt. I got a list here just of, from yesterday. Um, Doug Peterson said Alshon Jeffries not ready yet. Tyrod Taylor not in the practice field. They named Baker Mayfield as a starter in Cleveland. Sean Lee, the linebacker for the Cowboys. It's a shame how often yeah. he gets hurt. Um, Great player, man. Yeah, injured his other hamstring. Richard Sherman's got a calf strain. He's going to miss a couple weeks. And Jimmy Garoppolo, a, a, a player that played at Eastern Illinois. A lot of Bears fans before Mitchell Trubisky, a lot of Bears fans were hoping the Bears would go and get yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, he's just running to the sideline, and all of a sudden his ACL goes. So yeah. you never know. It's a, it's a game where you can get hurt. But if you're going to play preseason games at all, I know bottom line, it comes down to the money for the owners. They, they can always yeah. sell these. I think. I mean, I think, shoot, you look at us. In the, the Denver game, there was a 12-play series where we had three starters get hurt. Sure. In, in 12 plays, yeah. you know. And, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of them have played since that game. I think one of them might be coming back this week or next week. But other than that, they haven't played, you know. And they've been done for four weeks. Yeah, and it's, it's a terrible thing. And I understand you want to save your guys for the regular season. My opinion is just don't play them. I don't know if the league will ever get to that point. It would be nice if they did. Um the need for touchdowns as opposed to field goals. Cody Parkey's only missed one. He missed the one the other yesterday, yeah. the 46-yarder in the first half. Um, but you guys know how important it is to score touchdowns instead of field goals. We learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but that's that's obviously the goal. You see Cody Parkey would like him just to go out and kick extra points. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. I would just, love that. I mean, because, and everybody says, you know, you got to turn those three points into seven points. Have to. And what are those things you got to do? Just the fine tuning of things, just making sure. I mean, there were the first game, was the first game, yet, yeah, the first game against Green Bay. After you already scored, second possession, you're, you get the ball first and goal at the seven. And I'm saying you got to get in. Now, yeah. Mitch overthrows 
uh, Robinson in the back of the end zone yeah. on the fade route. He's got to connect on that one. He knows it. They don't. You don't do it. And you kick the field goal. When you guys go to the sidelines after that, do you figure, do you think you left points out there? Oh, do you for sure. Think you should have scored. Oh, we know we need to score. You know, and that's something that we're working. You know, tirelessly at every right. every week in practice. You know, we spend a lot of time in the red zone and. Um, Everything just gets so much tougher the closer you get. You know, a lot of these defenses play a lot of, you know, bend but don't break type of defenses, and it gets a lot tougher in the red zone. You mentioned that, and are there times where if you've got the ball at the three or the four and you get a penalty and move it back to the nine, it actually gives you guys more space? It kills you. Does it really? It kills you, okay. yeah. You don't ever want any ter- any penalties, any anything like that, any false starts or delay of games, none of that stuff, man, in the red zone. How tough is it, though, scoring when you're at the one or the two? It limits what you can do, right? Because you've only in a way, got, in a way, only got sure. 11 or 12 yards. In a way, for sure. But then, I mean, you look at you bring it back to the nine-yard line, and they're going to put everybody on the front of the goal line not to let you score. Let you, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. you, now you got to throw in the back of the end zone, which is 10 times harder because it has to be a high ball and sure. has to be perfect accuracy. And so, I mean, you could go either way with both of those you know, scenarios. You mentioned the numbers, and uh, the Bears are 4 for 10 scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, four offensive touchdowns on 31 drives. I don't know if you guys, if they bring any of those numbers up to you guys. No, they haven't. Yeah. They, they prefer not to. They just, just how, to, how to improve as opposed to what the numbers are. Yeah, right? we're looking forward. What, what can we improve on the last drives and uh, how can we play better? I want to ask you about some of the, uh, the your teammates. want to ask you a couple other questions about uh, lining up in practice. And if you've had the chance to uh, line up against Khalil Mack and some of the others, we'll get to that in just a minute. We are out here in Joliet. We're at uh, Football Night in Chicago. We're at Anthony's a Restaurant and Pub in Joliet. Football Night in Chicago presented by Miller Lite. We'll be out here till 8 o'clock. And then don't forget, Jay Hood takes over from 8 to 10. A lot more talk about the Bears. A lot more talk about the NFL. Also keep you up to date on what's going on with the Cubs. Their magic number is 5 they got to come from behind right now. I know it's early in the game. So we'll talk about that and much, much more. Trey Burton along with me, Fred Hubner. Jump on in if you got a question for Trey. 312-332-3776. The newest tight end for the Chicago Bears. They're 2-1. They're atop the division. Let's talk Bears football here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago on Chicago's number one football station, ESPN 1000. Going up top, and it's going to be intercepted by Eddie Jackson. Safety Eddie Jackson with a pick. On the throw off the mark intended for J.J. Nelson. And the first turnover of the game committed by the Cardinals gives it over to the Bears. Second down and eight, stumbles forward and loses the ball. Bears have it. Khalil Mack forces the fumble. And Bradford... Turns it over, the Cardinals, and now Steve Wilkes is claiming that Bradford was down when he lost the ball. We're going to check that out. Danny Trevathan made the recovery after Mack knocked it away from Bradford. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Uh, welcome back in. We are live here at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub here in Joliet for a few more minutes as uh, we are talking Football Night in Chicago. Presented by Miller Lite, the Bears getting a nice 16-14 win over the Cardinals yesterday. How nice is it to be 2-1 and, and atop the 
NFC North Division as the Chicago Bears gear up for Tampa Bay coming up at home. Uh, Trey Burton, Bears tight end with me here on ESPN 1000. And you had a chance to see a little bit uh, in Arizona yesterday how Chicago Bears fans like to travel, didn't you? Pretty sweet. Yeah, special, man. I, I loved it. Hopefully we can get more of that. Yeah, they do. They, they travel a lot. They travel really well. You can always hear them. That's one thing you don't have to worry about it. You can always hear the Bears fans. Before we went to break, I asked you, I, oh, I teased the question, uh, Everyone's talking about Khalil Mack and the kind of player he is. It was funny, too, because during the commercial break on one of the TVs, they had Lawrence Taylor up there, and there are people already starting to compare what Khalil Mack can do with what Lawrence Taylor did. Obviously, Taylor did it for a lot longer uh, period of time. You have Khalil Mack just in his fifth year. But are there times in practice where you're lining up across from him? No, no. <laughs> No, no, I don't, no. We stay away. Stay away from them. Do you? Sure, yeah. So, how, so what does the first? I mean, what is what does he do? How do they do? Do they work up? Work with the the backups? Do they work with the second? Yeah. Stringers? Well, that was one of the things that I was extremely happy about. Not only getting him, but getting him after training camp, so I didn't have to go <laughs> against him in practice. Yeah. Once the regular season starts, you don't really get one on one. Okay. Rep. You get a lot more scout team. Um, so guys are on the practice squad and, and some of the backups. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Do do a lot of it. So that 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 comes in handy. So you don't have to worry about that. That's a good thing. That's great, a, good, a great thing. That's a very good thing for you. Yeah. Um, everybody talks, a lot of people talk about the defense, obviously. We've not really even seen Leonard Floyd, what he can do yet with that hand. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had the, the Q-tip off. Now he was able to use his fingers a little bit. But how have you seen him develop just a short period of time you've been here? Yeah, I mean, this is the defense as a whole. Is, they're, they're special. You know, it's, a, it's cool when you see a group of guys like that come together, um, hold each other accountable. Right. They, they can fight each other, but they respect each other. You know, where a lot of times it doesn't happen where, you know, maybe I might say something to you and you might take offense to it and sure. you might get in your feelings and want to fight me. They don't, they don't do that. They know that I'm holding you accountable. You know what I'm saying? So you have the right to say what you want back to me, but right. uh, it's all for the betterment of the, the team. And so it's pretty cool to see. I think a lot of Bears fans were excited when the Bears drafted Roquan Smith and it took a while. He had the 29-day holdout, but he comes in. I don't think Bears fans ever could have imagined bringing in a guy like Khalil Mack. They're excited enough about Roquan Smith, and now we're finally getting a chance to see. It didn't take too long. He had eight snaps in the Green Bay game, 59 snaps in the second game. Yeah. So he, he learned he learned what he needed to learn pretty quick, didn't he? I think it was more conditioning, but yeah, definitely. He definitely learned. I mean, that was a great environment. It doesn't get too much better than that. So, uh, But he played at Georgia. I would I would like to say Georgia is not good, but obviously we know you know how well how well, well you're a Florida are. guy, right? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I saw a couple guys here with Florida hats on. Um, yesterday, the Bears got their second win. After the first win, Matt Nagy actually took something that he got from Joe Madden with the disco ball and the music. Yeah, how's how's that after a victory? I mean, I, they, and plus you took the disco ball on the road, from what I heard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're we're learning how to win. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, we're a young team. Um, everything's new for everybody for the most part, and so we're just learning how to do things together. And uh, he definitely wants to put an emphasis on learning how to win. And when we win, take advantage of it and, and, and have fun with it. Yeah, and that's now one of the things Joe Madden talks about is like the 24-hour rule. You yeah. celebrate the win for 24 hours. You you, you kind of you lose. You worry about it 24 hours, and then it's gone. Is that the same way you guys did it? The Packer game was a tough one. I mean, I don't know how it was for you guys. We understand as players how hard you t- take losses, but 
fans lose, losing to Green Bay after being up by 20, yeah. that was a tough one for the fans. How did how did the team get over that? Well, the worst part about that is we played the following Monday, so we had two extra, an extra day, you, right. know, you know what I'm saying, in between sure. the game and the next game. And so that's not fun, you know, being having to dwell and being able to sit back on that. But, I mean, you really don't have an option to right. not get over the game after 24 hours because you're getting ready for the next one, you know, the next night, basically. And so that's, that's kind of how a lot of us think. I talked uh, a couple times already about guys that have played the game and are on our station, Yurko and also Tom Waddle. And Yurko will say all the time, it's not easy winning a game in the NFL. Nope. Now, fans, we watch the game and we say, oh, they, you know, they got the game, they're going to win. I think we saw over the weekend, Minnesota host Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo, you know, had a 27 nothing lead. The, the Patriots go into Detroit where yeah. Detroit's fans were booing their coach already yeah. after two weeks yeah. and they knock off the Patriots. This is not a league where it's easy. I mean, it is. I know the old phrase from the movie, any given Sunday, but it really is any given Sunday, isn't it? I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, man. Like, when your backs are against the wall, Buffalo, 0-2, yeah. backs are against the wall. Everybody's talking trash about them. What do they do? They show up. You yeah. know, they play because their backs are against the wall. It's the same thing with Washington. You know, you, sure. Uh, Detroit, same yep. thing, 0-2, yep. backs against the wall. Um, so it's really hard to close teams out. And so a win is a win, and it doesn't matter how you get it. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. And uh, the Bears get one yesterday. It wasn't pretty. It's a win. When it's over with, you celebrate, you get the victory, and you go look forward to the next one. Um, there's been a couple things in football already this year that have gotten people a little bit aggravated, a little bit frustrated. One of them is the roughing the passer calls. Now, the Bears took advantage of it yesterday. Yeah, we did. Because there were two roughing the passer calls on, uh, you know, as they took Trubisky down, and it actually helped extend the drive. I think they got, I think you got a field goal off of that. But so far, there were nine roughing the passer calls in week three. And entering tonight's game, there's been 30 so far this season. And the one guy that's been, it's like the rule is almost for him, is Clay <laughs> Matthews. He got called. He's gotten called constantly. Clay Matthews talked earlier today about the roughing the passer penalty. When you have a hit like that, that's a football play. You know, I even I went I even went up to Alex Smith after the game, asked him, you know, <laughs> what do you think? You know, what can I do differently? Because that's a football play. Um, and of course, you know, like I said last week, the NFL didn't come back, so I put my you know body on him. Uh, you know, but that's a football play. I hit I hit him from the front, got my head across, wrapped up. I've never heard of anybody tackling somebody without any hands. Um, when he gives himself up, as soon as you hit him, your body weight's going to go on him. But, uh, you know, I think we're looking for the hits, you know, that that uh, you know that took Aaron out last year. You know, that little extra. If I wanted to hurt him, I could have. I could have put, you know, some extra on him. But, you know, that's football. So, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. I, unfortunately, this league's going in a direction that I think a lot of people don't like. You know, I think they're getting soft. Now, he says uh, a lot of people think the league is going soft. Uh, what are your thoughts about the rule? I mean, obviously, everybody wants to protect the quarterback. But what, do you, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on the way it's been called so far this year? I'm glad I don't play defense, and I hope they call him for it more. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's tough because he's done just about everything. I know last week they said that he looked like he picked up the back leg and no. then threw him down. I don't know all that. Akeem Hicks said something last week. I don't know if you heard him. He said... Well, that's kind of our reward, putting all of our weight and landing on the quarterback. Well, it's a penalty. You can't do that thing. But, you know, I can understand the, the defensive guy. His job is to get to the quarterback. When he gets there, he wants to celebrate a little bit. Everything happens so fast that I have no clue how you would be able to have the awareness or the opportunity to pull yourself off. You know, obviously, 
plays one of the best in this league and one of the most respected guys. And so, um, who knows, man? It's tough, but that's that's the rule. So I don't. I don't I'm cu- you're caught in between, you know. Yeah. Good and bad. Um, I, I was looking online before we came out here, and uh, you're doing something special this year for every catch you make and then every touchdown you make. You want to talk a little bit about what you're doing? Yeah, so I, I would say my end of my rookie year, my wife and I went to a conference and um, we heard this man, his name is Gary Haugen, speak. Uh, and we later found out that Gary Haugen was, is the founder of IJM, it's International Justice Mission. They're the largest anti-trafficking organization in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember from that day forward, we were so moved by you know what he was talking about and the efforts at IJM and the length that they go to end human trafficking um, and child exportation, or right. you, you call it, you name it, that's that's what they do. And uh, and so for the last couple of years, we've been trying to figure out and find ways to raise awareness for IJM. And um, I, I just was thinking probably two or three months ago, like, man, what could I do here in Chicago? I'm going to be playing a lot more. Um, I'm going to be getting more targets, you know, right. having more catches, hopefully more touchdowns, you know, all that type of stuff. Let's, let's do something that compares to my play and uh, just thought of, you know, something that would be worthwhile for them. And so, yeah, we're doing 1,000 per catch and 2,500 per touchdown. That's great. I, I went back and looked, and you actually did something, too, uh, last year in Philadelphia, yeah. right? Yeah, we did. Uh, so, basically, the Eagles gave 50,000, the team, uh, the, the players gave 50,000, and then the Redskins gave 50,000, the, the players, as well. Um, and we tried to get as much fan participation, um, kind of do like some type of, uh, some type of uh, competition, you know, off the field. Sure. We're, we're rivals, we're enemies on the field, but off the field we come together and we join forces to raise awareness for this issue. And uh, it was really, really beneficial for IJM, and, uh, and we, we, it was a good job. We did, we did a good job. Kirk Cousins is a big advocate as okay. well for it uh, up in Minnesota now. Yeah, uh, I got him in my fantasy team. I couldn't believe the, what happened with Buffalo yesterday. <laughs> I never seen quarterbacks getting a minus. And that's, Did he really? He had yeah. a minus? Wow. Was, he had like a minus point, minus 23. I go, really? Wow. How's that possibly happen? <laughs> so you guys get the win. What was today like? Today, on a Monday after a win, you guys do what? Watch film? Recover no, a little off. bit? We're off. You're off on Monday after a win? Yeah. yeah. And you're off Tuesdays because that's... Half a day Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday we go in and we basically put the last game to rest and okay. kind of get a jump start on the next game that we're about to play. Okay. And then on Wednesday is when the game plan gets put in? Yeah. Yeah. A, a good a good amount of Wednesday, a good amount of two, uh, Thursday are the game plan days. Um, and you see, you've been looking over my, my shoulder the whole time because Tampa... Tampa's actually winning. I just saw a 70-yard touchdown by a tight end. For, Those are uh, nice, aren't they? That's great. <laughs> what's, the, what's the longest touchdown you scored? Because you talked about your in first college one was or a short NFL. one. NFL. Uh, I don't know. Probably in the 30s. 20, yeah. High 20s, 30s. Yeah, something like that. You had to, I mean, the, 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 let's go back to the catch that we talked about, uh, the ball from Mitch yesterday. You had four catches, yeah. but that one was pretty. Uh, what, what was it, just crossing round? He went to the... Got to the corner? Or yeah, it was just a deep cross and uh, ran over top of the um, hook curl defender, and Mitch put it right on the money, and uh, big game. Yeah. Well, um, you look at it, uh, Bears fans, it's almost like you can't wait for the next game. Yeah. When you guys are a 2-1 record, I know obviously body recovering and everything like that, and you've played in the league for a few years, but the, do you get a little antsy in the middle of the week, getting ready for the next game, waiting for the next game? Yeah, I mean, there's so much preparation that goes into each game, sure. you know, and Nagy hits on this all the time. Like, you don't ever want to peak too soon, you uh-huh. know, so you can't. I can't be ready to play on Thursday when we play on Sunday. You would just mentally just mess yourself up. And so um, you, you kind of take it, you know, as it comes, and you try to focus on each each day, 
each day is a different thing we cover, so each day you just try to focus on what you're what you need to focus on to get ready for the game. I know you've just had a couple guys to uh, judge against, but what's he like as a head coach? He seems like he's a guy that you know it, it's, it's got to be a weird medium. He, he can't be the players' friends. He's still the coach. Yeah. But he seems like a very likable guy. He's so much fun to be around. You yeah, know, he, he really is. He's you know the ultimate players coach, and I think just out of the, out of the respect that he has for the players, he can coach us hard. You know, just because we respect him, kind of like the defensive thing I was telling sure. you about. You know, where they can be hard on each other and hold each other accountable. Um, very similar, you know, in the sense of the head coach. Okay, before we let you go, explain uh, how can you can you figure out the visor or the hat thing with him? I love the visor. Do you? Yeah, I dig it. I don't know, though. He has that uh, the all-blue hat with the uh, orange B on it, sure. which is probably my favorite Bears hat. It uh, is. But, it's the best. But from what I understand, if you're not the head coach, you can't wear it at the facility. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, he's the only guy that's allowed to wear it, okay. which has kept me from buying it because I want to wear it. But it's a nice one. Great hat. Great yeah. hat. It really, a lot of people are trying to figure out the visor with the bald head. It, it, it's kind of the almost bald head. I, I dig it. Do you? I dig it, yeah. Okay. I'm a visor guy. Okay. Sounds good. We appreciate you coming on out. Best of luck this week Thank against you, Tampa. Appreciate the fans that. are going to be out there. It's going to be wild after the 2-1 uh, start. Trey Burton, tight end for the Chicago Bears. Nice enough to come on out and join us here. Football night in Chicago presented by Miller Lite. We are live at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub. Be here for a couple more minutes, a couple more things. You want to jump on in, 312-332-3776. Don't forget Jay Hood coming up at 8 right here on ESPN 1000. This is Miller Lite's Football Night in Chicago with Fred Eubner. Only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Ah, it's always nice when the Bears are off to a nice start. A 2-1 start to the season. They get Tampa coming up this Sunday at Soldier Field. Thanks a lot to uh, Trey Burton of the Chicago Bears for coming on out. Football Night in Chicago presented by Miller Lite. And thanks to all the people out here at Anthony's Restaurant and Pub here in Joliet. A great place. Tons of TVs. A lot of people sticking around to watch uh, football. And also, Cole Hamels gives up a two-run homer. What's he do? He belts one of his own. The Cubs trail Pittsburgh 2-1. to one. A lot more baseball. A lot more football talk. Jay Hood coming up after this right here on ESPN 1000.